Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. the city that once was full of people how like a widow she has become she she that was great among nations she that was a princess among provinces has become a vassal she weaves bitterly in the night with tears on her cheek among all her lovers she has no one to comfort her all her friends have dealt treacherously with her they have come become her enemies judah has gone into exile with suffering and hard servitude she lives now among the nation and finds no resting place. Her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads of Zion mourn, for no one comes to the festivals. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan, her young girls grieve, and her lot is bitter. Her foes have become the masters. Her enemies prosper because the Lord made her suffer for a multitude of transgressions. Her children have gone away captives before the foe. For the daughter of Zion has departed all her majesty. Her princes have become like stags that find no pasture. They flee without strength before the pursuer. Sounds this reading. The second reading comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Now listen to these familiar words. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing and tending the sheep in the field, come at once, take your place at the table? 
would you not rather say to him, prepare me supper, put on your apron and serve me that while I eat and drink, later you may eat and drink. Do you not thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that was ordered of you to do, say, we are worthy of slaves. We have, have done only what we had ought to have done. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. <coughs> Please pray with me. <coughs> oh, good and gracious God, your word is a light that shines in the darkness. <coughs> May my words and the thoughts and minds of our minds, the emotions of our hearts reflect that love that shines in the darkness. And the darkness is overcome. I humbly ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to start off with a point. Probably for most of you, when you encounter that Luke's text, you hear the story about the mustard seed of faith. And that's a good sermon. I don't want to dismiss it. You could think about it this way. Even though your faith may be, seem small, when it grows in Christ, it can do great things. Give some positive quotes, maybe a heart well in Surrey, and that is a good sermon. You can think about that as the red button. If there's anything I say that challenges you or makes you feel uncomfortable, know that that message is there to take away. From this passage. You see, when I read this Luke text, it made me feel uncomfortable, if I'm honest with you. I struggle with this concept of a mustard seed. Not that I doubt that what may seem small may be great. But my question is, what is the faith that does this, that takes a mustard seed and do this? Are all faiths created equal in this conversation? It's a 
not an easy concept. This past six years, I struggled with what is the nature of faith and how do we express it? There was a moment that this became clear to me in a way that was unusual or easy to remember. Dennis and I had had a conversation when we were back at the old church with the people from Cornerstone about whether we should wear masks during worship. <laughs> and we laid out our position as you know, representation of the board to these people to say, look, this is what is our re recommendation. This is the requirements we have. We ask you to follow. <coughs> to which they said, well, it's up to God whether we live or die. So we'll put out the mask, but we won't require people to wear it. Then there became this uneasiness in the conversation. As a pastor and as a, a son of a doctor, I know the call of ministry that is found in the medical field. While I'm never going to claim doctors are perfect, they are people trying to do their best to help to care as best they know how. So when reputable people and reputable organizations say, this is a good idea, we should do it, it comes with a sense of authority that I would even claim has a nature of the divine as a part of it. And yet, on the other side of this conundrum was the belief that, well, it's up to God, and God will have us, will, will, um, will save us. That's a laudable position. Which one of these mustard seeds should we take? Second problem with this. Um, Frontline put out a episode a few weeks ago about January 6th. In this, they discussed how, what led up to January 6th and what caused the previous administration find itself, and for that matter, the GOP, to find itself where it was. And like a lot of Frontline's work, I commend it to you to watch. I would also commend you to watch an interview by Mark Sanford, which was on their website. It's an hour-long thing. I understand that's a long time. But for all of you who have not been 
in play with what has been the political reality. Uh, Mark Sanford was a former governor of South Carolina who somehow got lost on the Appalachian Trail, let's say it that way, and found himself in South America with his mistress. <coughs> Subsequently to that, he had to resign. Subsequent to that, he was elected to Congress. I take his statements in the interview very genuinely because he, I want to say he got God. He's written a book about his time in Congress opposing Donald Trump, surprisingly. It's a part of that interview question was asked, what do you make of this? He said, I'm still bewildered and saddened by the transformation in folks. I've seen a bunch of folks in what they allegedly once believed or supposedly believed. You're left with two thoughts. You're left with one. Did they ever believe it in the first place? Is their belief system at the core driving their, in their politics or not other than staying in the game? And you're also sort of bewildered at a cosmic level that I thought that God, if you will, call it some universal power, call it the cosmos, call it whatever you will call it was sending me certain singles about the importance about truth and its relevance and what it meant based in 09 upon my own personal journey. And to watch just a number of years later, all the people who were going furthest afield from the standpoint of truth were the people most rewarded in politics. And you're like, is this some cruel joke? I mean, what is going on? Who has faith in this moment? What does faith look like? in this moment. It's weird when we think about the concept of what is faith. Faith often becomes a quality of the thing or the person. I have faith in you. I have faith in this policy, I have faith in this group. It is seen as a quality of trust. 
Yet, for me, as I've given in these two previous examples, faith can be both very powerful, but it also can be very destructive. When you have faith, it becomes the nature of a stubbornness to not accept reality as it is. It seems to stand outside the grounds of reasonableness. It makes us to be more than just sacrificial. It also leads people to an extremist point of view. They will no longer be able to be reasoned with. You can't have that conversation because they have faith. I want to propose today faith in a different metaphor. A metaphor that may feel very Presbyterian in my nature because we like talking about moderators, but a faith a metaphor that I think can help in these uncertain times. Faith is the moderator of our identities. Let me say this again. Faith is the moderator of our identities. For a moment, I want you to think about the movie Inside Out. It came out 2015, well-loved. In this movie, you have the metaphor of these parts of our personality, anger, love, fear, distaste. Each of them are working sometimes with one another and against one another. We take that model and apply it to our identities, we come to see that we all have multiple identities within us. I'm a man, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm a pastor. All these make up the thing that is Robert Hamilton. What faith does, I submit to you, is be the moderator in those conversations between these things that make us up. Because there are going to be times when my identity as a father is going to challenge my identity as a husband. And there are times when my identity as a pastor is going to challenge everything. Faith gives us a space to hear out all these multiple identities. If we take faith as that moderator, as the one who calls together these identities, 
then I think there are three values that faith should always try to seek. Faith first must always seek to be a servant leader. Its authority comes through a willingness not to serve itself, but to build common cause among all these identities so that they may fulfill their fullest potential. Second, faith may structure, has to structure itself decently and in order so that identities are given space to express their experiences their insights, and their actions. Faith should never let one identity allow to monopolize the conversation, but should always seek a sense of consensus through the diverse identities we hold. Finally, faith should enact judgment within grace. It should always protect those parts of our identity that don't always fully get expressed, what you might think is the shadow self or the minority, but it should also hold accountable the majority so that when things go awry, it is first to call out and to try to bring together to make better the self, as opposed to just allowing those dominant parts of us run amok. At the end of the day, I come away in this metaphor as I'm playing with it, reveals something about what Jesus' claim on our life is. Jesus leads us to see that faith is where our identity forgives itself and reconciles itself one to another. And if we do that as a part of our individual identity, then we can live into that in our interpersonal relationships. And then when we live into that in our interpersonal relationships, we can live into that in our communities. And notice how this faith that seems small may grow in ever-expanding circles to incorporate all. May it be so for us. Amen. 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 We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. 
If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.